0: Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay.
1: Today, we're going to discuss interspecies love and in the movie Moonlight.
0: We also talk about butlers on demand and check out some new shows in series survival. It's time
1: for a nerd battle.
0: This Friday, the long-anticipated live-action reboot of Beauty and the Beast comes out. So we are about to duke it out. This is our very first nerd battle of more of the movies to discover what is the best interspecies relationship.
1: Now, as a rule, we cannot nominate or talk about Beauty and the Beast or Belle and the Beast.
0: We also decided that we're not going to go with someone who looks humanoid. So Superman and Lois Lane are out. Right.
1: But theoretically... In Lord of the Rings, an elf and a human can be a couple because they're different enough.
0: Yeah, because the ears somehow make them better.
1: (laughs) It just makes them less the same. Like Superman and Lois Lane, they both look completely human. So you have to not look completely human.
0: And there are a lot of honorable mentions on our list. I mean, I thought about Jessica Rabbit and Roger Rabbit. Oh, such a good one. Kermit and Miss Piggy. Uh
1: they, they were definitely up there for me.
0: There's Spock and Uhura. Yes. But I think the most, maybe not the most tender and loving, but the most interesting relationship comes from Theodore and Samantha from the movie Her by Spike Jones.
1: Oh, that's such a good choice. I mean, mine's better, but that is such a good choice. What are you talking about yours is better? I mean, mine's better. No,
0: it's not. What's yours?
1: Mine is Hellboy and Liz Sherman from the two Hellboy movies.
0: Okay. All right. I see where you're going with this. A little bit fire and devilish, stony goodness. That
1: relationship, I mean, that relationship is so adorable. They're so cute together. They're so perfect for each other. When I watch those movies, like you sit there and you watch Hellboy and you think, oh, this is going to be a really fun, you know, superhero kind of movie. But it's so much more than that. To me, it's kind of like the ultimate in rom coms. I I know it's weird to call Hellboy a rom com, but in my mind, it is. That
0: is the weirdest thing. They're right right for each other.
1: I like. Well, let's talk
0: about the dangerous nature of this new relationship in her. We have a guy falling in love with an. OS system this is something that not only could possibly happen I actually have a hard time watching the film because I see how easy it would be for somebody who's lonely to fall in love with somebody convenient and somebody who is basically just being kind because hey that's their operating system that is what they're there to do and we watch this tender thing that at moments is really sweet
1: mm-hmm, it is
0: but also you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop which makes their relationship a little more interesting to watch
1: maybe but Liz and Hellboy are like the ultimate in romance like they're so perfect for each other they're the best interspecies relationship because they are the best interspecies couple they really love each other they really truly love each other and not in a way that's But we don't really see that in the first Hellboy
0: until the end of the film. Like, it takes a really long time yeah, to Yeah, but there's build a whole Hellboy. second
1: Hellboy.
0: Oh, I see. We're going second Hellboy now.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's kind of more the movie that I based this
0: on. Okay, so they have, you know, she's pregnant. Yep. She's going to have a little Hellboy. Or two. Or two. You know, when I think of Hellboy 2... I really think of how I identify with the villain in the film. I think they're called fairies, but he's basically like a dark elf badass. Totally. And all he's doing is looking out for the forest. His home where he used to live is now a city. His whole way back is, you know, he he throws this plant monster in the, in mm-hmm. the running. He really wants to unleash the golden army so that he can go back to the forest. So that it can go back to the way things were.
1: I get that. And, and I mean, that's
0: what I think of when I think of the film. I don't think, oh, Liz and Hellboy. But when you think of her, how can you not think of this interesting relationship that is a game changer? Because all of a sudden after Theodore announces to Amy Adams, oh, oh I'm kind of in a thing with my OS. All of a sudden in the picture, other couples hook up. I don't see no other superheroes hooking up in Hellboy. I see. Well, yeah, because he's
1: in a monogamous relationship.
0: But I'm not seeing uh, the the fish thing, the the guy the, with the suckers.
1: The, yeah, the fish guy doesn't have. Look, here's the thing. Her is a movie that the plot centers around a relationship with the OS. Hellboy is a movie where the plot centers around what you just described. Which is funny though, because I've seen this movie three times. And I barely remember the bad guy. I barely remember the plot. I do remember the climax quite vividly. But what I remember, the thing that stands out for me in this movie is his relationship with Liz, the way that they fight, the way that they're really true with one another. And I think that that is a relationship that if anybody looks at and looks after, like what should I be like with my partner Well, that's it. That's how you find a partner in life. But there's just that amazing scene where he kisses her and she bursts into flame because she's so temperamental. And it's okay because he's a demon and he can handle the fire. And that's the whole point is he's flawed. She's flawed. And he helps to make her better. He helps to teach her how to control her powers and her anger and her you know, pyrokinesis, and she helps to sort of give him just like a will to live I'm in a lot give of ways you that
0: they are very well suited to one another. they totally are and I'm not saying that that's why I picked Samantha and Theodore. When you watch his pain in the film, it's real. when Samantha tells him that he she's basically cheating on him, you watch him break down. This is just a voice, and this this really shows you the range of Scarlett Johansson and how her voice can transcend a film. Just her voice. She does have a fantastic voice. It blows you out of the water. There's, there's moments where you feel like Samantha has betrayed Theo when he brings that other woman or she brings that other woman into the picture. Mm-hmm. And there's something scary about that because guess what? Relationships can be scary which I know I've learned from Hellboy and Liz, but I see the fear in Theo's eyes in her um, when, when this new thing is, is happening. And it's really, that's, that's what they're talking about is he's in a relationship that he can't handle. And when he can't handle it any further, it ends. And he realizes he's better off because all of these OS systems are, too much for them anyway right but see to me that's ex- exactly and why it twists the, the chemistry between the two twists the characters into knots while you're watching the film and, and twist you into knots and i think that's you know how wonderful a concept for spike jones to have brought to the brought to the forefront and i know you're having a hard time here because you love this movie,
1: I do. I love the movie, but I don't think that it's the best relationship. Sure, it's interesting. The movie is interesting. The concept is interesting, but the relationship and
0: it's so true to what people would do. But I don't know. I can't. I can't get behind Hellboy and Liz really because. Uh, I've never seen a demon or a fire creature like that before. A pyro See, I disagree. Person. I think
1: that the elements of their relationship are every is everything that everyone should strive to find in a partner that they're with. And the the having someone that makes you better. And with her, what I like about the movie, the movie's amazing, but the movie is what's interesting. The concept, the thoughts that come into your mind, the conversations you can have All about the, the what questions. if. But the relationship, the relationship itself, is, is a little film.
0: lackluster. It's the film.
1: It's not the relationship.
0: boy has a villain. It has the new guy coming in who's going to. But lead it, we're the not whole talking about. Thing. We're not
1: talking about what's the most plot driven. We're saying what's the best relationship, and I'm saying that for me, the relationship with. Liz and Hellboy is a better relationship than the relationship in her, where maybe her is a better movie and has a cooler plot. The relationship itself is not better.
0: And this is just something that we're not going to agree on. So, why don't you let us know what is the better relationship? And hey, maybe we missed an interspecies relationship that you thought of. We want to know which ones you love the most. Make sure to write us and tell us. All your thoughts.
1: There's a new Apple event coming out, and I really hope that there's gonna be a new computer
0: with a sexy man voice that you can fall in love with.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I last year they unveiled the new MacBook Pros, and it was the first time in a long time. Are you um, talking
0: about the one with the touchpad? Yeah, at the top. And you want the touchpad, or what I'm, do you think?
1: I'm totally cool with the yeah. touchpad. But that version of the computer, I just felt sometimes with Apple.
0: It wasn't that huge an upgrade.
1: Yeah. Like sometimes with Apple, I find that, especially the first generation of something that they change, you kind of want to wait till the next one because the next one's going to be the one.
0: I totally hear you. I'm actually in the market for um, the new Dell XPS 13 with touchscreen. It's...
1: You and your weird thing about touchscreens and laptops.
0: What's wrong with touchscreen? I'm touching my screen now. I'm oh, making it move. No, Look I, at that. I
1: hate, I don't want to touch my screen on my, on my laptop. I don't know why it bothers me. And when somebody comes up to my computer and then touches it, I want to scream at them. I don't know why I have such a problem.
0: It also has the full like yoga flex where it oh, can turn right. into a tablet at the end.
1: How, how big is it?
0: 13 inches. I don't want anything larger than that. Why? I have an 18-inch laptop at home, like 17.3, but really with the bezel or the bevel, it's 18 18 inches. inches. And I find, one, it's heavy as hell. Right. And two, it is hard to find a backpack that can carry it.
1: Uh, My MacBook Pro, I'm an Apple person. Jay is not. I think that this is something everyone should know about us. My MacBook Pro is a 15-inch, and I love it, and I just, it's like, I couldn't do less. Like- Yes, when I'm docked at a desk, I like to have an external monitor that's also larger. Um, but then I have multiple screens going. Uh, I don't think I could do heavy computing with less than a 15-inch screen.
0: Really? Yeah. Um, I well, I mean, this laptop that I'm using today is my work laptop, and it's only 13 inches, so I feel like it's pretty, pretty good size. It's
1: like if I have two and I do a lot open, on it. If I have two things open, half and half on my screen, on a 13-inch screen, it's just too small for me.
0: Interesting. Well, the Dell XPS um, packs a hell of a punch. It's won the laptop best lap best PC laptop, uh, two years running. So I think it's going to be like perfect. It's like 16 gigabytes of RAM. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, it's Tell got an i7 more. Intel processor. It's I got i7, but what's HD. the
1: speed? Does it overclock?
0: I don't know. I will look into it.
1: Ah, uh, there's nothing like a good processor to get me going.
0: <laughs> well, the RAM's gonna help push that along, even it's even still. You need like, all gonna, the things. It's gonna like r- like destroy that processor chip, <laughs> and then uh, it, you know I don't really care about how much space it comes with because I don't think that matters anymore. I live everything lives in the cloud.
1: Mm, I do video video editing, and I you, I need space.
0: Like oh, surprise, surprise! Like audio editing isn't as big. At the end, it's like. Eh, A couple hundred megabytes instead of gigs. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm looking into that, and hopefully by the time the next podcast comes out, I have it on our know. Woo! It's app time.
1: Today, I am so excited to announce that there's an app for having your own butler service.
0: Ooh, I like that. I like butlers.
1: Yeah. Like so it's called Hello Alfred, just like Batman's Alfred.
0: That is cool. Is does he like live with you? Or he, how does it work?
1: He doesn't live with you, but It's kind of like Uber, but with a butler. So you can be like, oh, I want to Uber me a butler to be here in 10 minutes and help me
0: clean my kitchen. Okay. That is fantastic. What are the prices on this thing?
1: Well, that I'm not 100% sure. It says the starting price is
0: $32 a week. A week? That's it? That's it. See, that seems pretty nice.
1: But then all services can cost extra. So like, for example... Uh, laundry will cost you $0.75 cents to $1.50 per pound of washing and folding, or okay. 4 to $6 dollars to replace a button on a shirt.
0: So does it have to do with time, or does it have to do with the
1: task? That I'm unsure of, but what's cool about this service is that, unlike Uber and a lot of these other services where people sign up and they're essentially self-employed and it's kind of all on them, this company is actually treating their butlers as full or part-time employees. and is Which
0: is awesome because-
1: They're getting benefits. I
0: don't know if you knew this. At one point, I thought, I could be a butler. Wait, what? Yeah, totally. I, there was a point in my life when I realized that I like to serve. I like customer service. I like making people happy. And I kind of was like, I could be a butler. Are there butlers? I mean, obviously this app is bringing them back, but like, I'm pretty certain like the White House has butlers. Rich people have butlers. (laughs) I I wouldn't mind getting paid like a decent salary and somewhere nice to live if, uh, you know, if I had to clean and well, what about your your
1: SO, your your Becky? Like, what would what would happen? She lives with you in that mansion? Like, is that how? First of
0: all, first of all, if I had become a butler, right? I probably wouldn't have an SO.
1: Oh, you don't. You think Butler is a uh, it would lonely take up existence. so much of my life,
0: you know? And especially if I get like hooked up with those Wayne family, like there's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So, but if I did have a significant, I don't know. Maybe I'd live off-site.
1: Okay, I see. Would you uh, pick up a part-time job at uh, Hey Alfred?
0: I honestly, if I lost my job, I would rather be a butler than an Uber driver. Because think of the tasks. They'd always be different. And as long as nobody's really asking me to do anything, like, grotesque. Right. I, you know, I can do laundry. Well, I they, can fold
1: things. They do things here on their website, like clean your apartment. That's no big deal. Go grocery shopping. Easy. Pick up dry cleaning. Totally. Ship some packages. Dinner reservations. How much
0: do you think it would cost if Bruce Wayne called me up and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing some Batmaning. I need you for a bit. <laughs> There'd probably be a pretty good tip there.
1: There would be a very good tip (laughs) there.
0: (laughs) It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan in all of us. Last week, we asked you to watch Moonlight, that big Oscar movie with us. So Ivana and I went our separate ways and we watched the flick directed by Barry Jenkins. And we got some thoughts. Why don't you tell me how much you love this movie?
1: Oh, I loved this movie. I think that this movie, as you know, is one of the best movies of 2016. I think that the story is unbelievable. The performances are unbelievable. And I wasn't that into the camera work or the light, like the technical aspects of this movie. I will admit that.
0: Okay, so I got to agree with you on the technical aspects. There were some lackluster cinematography and lighting was weird in certain places i
1: think they just made choices that yeah. didn't work for me like when i watched it a lot of times i thought oh that camera's really close to that actor's face like just zoom out a little or why are you moving so much camera or why are you in the water
0: the lighting outside of the restaurant near the end of the film bugged me something fierce like i looked at it and i was like did they just decide this is what night looks like like it was just weird and it threw me out of the film um i don't know why but it did now before we go on further i'm just gonna say if you haven't seen moonlight yet there are gonna be spoilers so i'm gonna throw the dice all right if you're with us you rolled the dice here's the thing this is a film about a relationship between two friends that at one point when they were in high school, they fooled around. Two men. It's about a black man who is growing up gay. People seem to know that he's gay from a young age. It's I, so interesting because I thought a huge the movie was film. a
1: whole different. I thought it was a totally different plot.
0: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't love the film. Like, to if be honest.
1: I was going to describe the plot, yep, I would not say it's about two guys who in high school fooled around who are gay. I would say that. This is a coming of age story uh, that takes three distinct chapters of a young man's life.
0: And he doesn't come to age. He he does. He comes he does not come to grips with himself.
1: That Well, we don't really know what he does or doesn't do. It's a coming of age story because he does grow up.
0: It is about a guy who grows up.
1: And you see him, you meet him at three distinct chapters in his life, and those are very pivotal chapters. And this movie is really about the fact that until we can actually just become comfortable with who we are as an individual, we will never find peace. And to me, that's what this movie is about. It's all about finding inner peace. And you have chapter one. You have this young boy and uh, little, as we call him, and we find him and he's in a a crack house that's been like closed down in a really bad neighborhood in the slums of, I don't know where, somewhere in America. I think it's Miami. Miami. He is found by uh, basically the drug kingpin of the neighborhood.
0: Who is a real sweetheart.
1: Such a real sweetheart. And that drug kingpin ends up being his essentially like surrogate father. Yeah,
0: his father figure in the film. He sort of takes him under his wing. He makes sure that he's okay. He teaches
1: him to swim in one of the most, like, sweet scenes I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, I I almost cried. I
0: didn't feel that way.
1: You didn't, during that swimming scene?
0: Oh, there was no point where I got teary-eyed in this film. Listen, I understand the importance of the film it, on an intellectual level. I thought there was a couple of moments that were great. Overall, it, I was underwhelmed by this. And I don't know if it's Is
1: it my fault cuz I was like it's so good you have
0: to see no, it. No, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with I think where I grew up, who I am as a person, and having a very difficult time connecting. Like I I here's the thing. America is a different place than where I live. And you know, being black and bl- being gay is much more difficult in the South where this film takes place. And in the States in, in general. The states in general and in any rough neighborhood. What I'm saying is that I didn't grow up around that. I grew up around in, in Toronto. It's very multicultural. And I, pretty I,
1: accepting. I, I,
0: very accepting. Some of my friends were gay growing up. Like there was never a moment in my life where I was like, this is what I know. I'll tell so, you something though. So I, well, one sec. So because I don't know that, it was very hard for me to connect. But what I do know intellectually is how important it is for an American audience to see this film. And I mean the whole of America to see this film. I understand that. And I understand that's why the Academy would see a film like this and say, yes, yes, a hundred times. Yes, this story is so important. And it is important. But I think because of who I am and where I live and how I grew up, it's hard for me to be like, yeah this is this is the film,
1: okay. Here's my question to you because i I grew up and I knew a lot of black people and people that were out and proud at an early age and they did not get bullied and all that kind of stuff, of course, uh, I also happen to, you know, be very lucky that I grew up in very accepting. well, Toronto is just very accepting it's
0: a very accepting place and 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 you see lot, you know, and... One of the things in Canada that is different is that the poor places are, it's not necessarily black people.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of
0: white poor people who are on drugs and um, a lot of, sad to say, like the indigenous groups are associated with a lot of drug use Mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, drinking and poverty. Um, And that is not helped by by us or our government or what we've done to them in the past. I I think that's where I see our impoverished areas.
1: Well, I think part of it, too, is Toronto attempts very hard to integrate uh, the people who are wealthy and people who are poor. So. You'll have maybe a poor neighborhood that's very close to a very rich neighborhood, and it kind of changes the dynamic.
0: Absolutely, it takes but away you may that all ghetto go to school aspect. Together, exactly. And there's no, there's no stigma because you're all going to school together.
1: Right, but here's the I thing: I also grew up
0: in in what now I know was a poorer neighborhood, but I didn't know it at the time because it was like your we're neighborhood. middle class. This yeah, is, it happened.
1: But here's the thing: Did you know? I I did not know growing up any out. Black gay people.
0: I did not know until much later.
1: Right. And I I think that from what I've seen in news and Oprah and, you know, just life, uh, I think that that is something that it, in American uh, culture is a lot more difficult, I think, to come out in, in that scenario.
0: Well, I, and I understand that. And I think. You know, there's also real moments in this film where they're by the ocean and the drug kingpin who's kind of looking out for him says, I've traveled. There are black people everywhere. Don't make the mistake of thinking it's it's only here and you're different. We were the first people on the planet and we are everywhere. And that's such an important message, again, for a divided USA.
1: Right. For me, one of the the things that, kind of surprised me cuz the little boy little when he's little it he gets made fun of a lot he's being bullied by these other kids for being different and uh when i was really really young i was not bullied but had a lot of hard times finding friends when i first moved to canada the kids didn't want to play with me because i was different so perhaps there's an element of cuz that's the first thing you see in the movie
0: is these kids running up and I immediately
1: just identified with him or just like, I get it. I get what it's like to be young and people don't understand you and they don't want to be your friends.
0: The part that I connected at was in high school with the bully who actually physically assaulted. Which
1: is funny because in high school-
0: Because in high school I was physically assaulted. Right,
1: you were physically bullied. I was not bullied. And so that part I was less, uh, I guess, connected to. But one of the biggest scenes for me was when he was small and he, the- he was called the F word. Yep. And he sits down. And he's uh, speaking with his sort of surrogate father, which by the way, can we all just agree? His performance was unbelievable. And if he didn't win the Oscar, sh- it was a travesty. Yeah. Again, by the way, we're, we're recording again, because Ivana,
0: how is, how is Europe? By Europe, the way,
1: I'm sure is amazing. <laughs> so we are.
0: So again, we don't know if he won, but I really hope that he did. I think so. I, you know, I can see the great points of the film but it's not my
1: like that not, scene that's not in my where he my tells little he year. says don't call yourself that if you're gay then you're gay you are who you are whatever but don't call yourself an f word because at that moment as a viewer i had not picked up that the kid was gay like i didn't
0: and that's that's the thing about this film i feel like sometimes the points are driven home so much and the messages are so important that it sometimes feels like preaching
1: in the first act he's little
0: second act he's Chiron.
1: He's Chiron and in the third act he's, he's black.
0: black. That's that's his nickname is Black. So there's an event that happens in the second act. I think act. what
1: kills me in the second act is that he from this fight ends up getting carted away and sent to juvie and that when you meet him again in his third act I'm like how cuz he's a, such a good kid up until the betrayal, you know? Like up until Kevin betrays him. He's he's everything about him he's a to rock. me screams that he's going to be a good kid. He's going to be on the right side of the tracks. But
0: then he goes to Juvie. Even though he has this
1: horrible mom.
0: Yep. He goes to Juvie. He meets a drug dealer. He falls into that business. And what do you do in Juvie? You get really big.
1: And guess what? He turns into his mentor.
0: He turns into his mentor from the first act.
1: And this is where the movie becomes brilliant for me.
0: Like, down to the car.
1: Down to everything. And see, this... This is why this movie, to me, is as good as it is. In the first act, after uh, Little finds out and confronts his surrogate father, I forget his character's name and the IMDb pages and all out of whack in terms of uh, the ordering. So I'm just going to call them by what they are. He confronts his surrogate father. He knows that his mother is a drug addict. And he says, are you selling her drugs? And his surrogate father cannot lie to him. And he leaves. He walks out of that house. His name is Juan. Juan. And he, he leaves and he walks out of the house. And Juan is left there. And, he, and he's
0: broken. He's
1: broken. Yeah. He's broken because he's such a good Another man. Another great
0: moment. And this is what deserves the supporting actor award. Yeah,
1: like he... You just see the pain inside of him of him saying, I might not be a drug dealer but I'm perpetuating the problems in this neighborhood. I am the problem in this neighborhood. And no matter how many little boys I mentor, I'm still the problem of this neighborhood. I'm giving the drugs to that boy's mother. And he is just broken. And when you meet Chiron again, but now he's black.
0: Well, he was always black.
1: Well, no, black, the nickname. His
0: name is black. Now
1: he's assumed the how identity. You
0: gotta say it. I mean, people listening are going to be like, what are they saying? He's black. Hasn't he always been black?
1: Uh, well, no, I mean, like, now he's the identity of black. That's right. Because this entire movie is broken up into acts of what his nickname is or his name.
0: What people call him. And so
1: he's little when he starts, then he grows into Chiron, and now he is black. And That's that right. is, and And he has become his mentor, but from the moment you see him, that the last scene where we see Juan, he's a broken man, and the first scene that we see black in act three, he's a broken man like you know it right off the bat right immediately he's dead inside and i'm like holy shit how did you become a freaking like how it's not not fair that you are the big drug kingpin you were never supposed to be that you're better than that like i i was heartbroken and then i watched him be that person and he's still a good guy but he's not because now he's perpetuating the a bad life situation for the neighborhood around him
0: now it doesn't also it insinuates that he still kept up with Juan after he found out about that drug.
1: Uh well Juan died s- shortly after, I
0: think. I guess a couple years or Well however, for sure cuz they, they, they mentioned they mentioned the funeral. the
1: funeral, yeah. Right,
0: but it sounds like he would have gone to that funeral, he would have been involved. So Little or Chiron and Juan still had a relationship yep. after that. That was just one moment.
1: That was just one moment and it but it was the moment to end because of the fact that it ended on a broken man. yep, and when we meet Black again, he's a broken man and And it was that simplicity. it's that that's the part that's why I say this is such a great movie because of these details that when you watch it again and again and again, you're gonna find a new wealth of detail of the performance and the heart and the thought behind the story here. And for me, that's why it's one of my favorites. But what I didn't really like on the third act was the very last shot
0: oh of him as a child looking back over
1: oh no i or
0: them crying together
1: them yeah crying together sitting. or just
0: holding each other yeah like that yeah, yeah it felt like um
1: ambiguous it, it felt like a weird choice but like yeah like why i just why was why leave like, it are ambiguous? they going to be together
0: or are they not going to be together Are they going to – is this the only time they're going to hold each other and then he's going to go back? Has he grown? Has he become Chiron again? It's just there's a lot of open-ended, not established things for a character that we're supposed to be so invested in at this point. Meanwhile – And because I wasn't invested in it, it ended that way. Right. I was like, well, okay, moving on. And then I – immediately watch Hidden Figures after this, which I thought was a delight.
1: Hidden Figures is a delight. It's a fluff film. But yeah, you're right. Like, it's like, it's a delight. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah.
0: Um, but here's, you where would you of... have ended it?
1: Because I would have ended it at that heart-wrenching scene in the kitchen. I probably... Like, when he, he t- says that he's this... I wouldn't have ended it on them. That Kevin is the last one that he ever touched. Like that, that little like moment when he like says all that stuff and he's just himself again for a moment. I almost feel like that's the perfect en- place to end it because then it can still be open ended. But that it was just that image of them holding each other. I was like, are they about to have sex or not? And why And it felt dreamlike and far away. Again, like. Another technical decision that uh, you I didn't know, here's, understand. Here's what I would have done. And I thought, is it real? Is it in his head?
0: It was real. I think it was real.
1: Okay, so they were just holding I would have.
0: I would have had them say goodbye. When? And after the holding and all, like, you know. Show, oh, you would have kept going. I would have kept, I would have had them and say goodbye to each other. And have him in his car having a breakdown the way that his mentor did. And then I would go back the next day to the to his mother at the. I would I'd show the mother with the uh, saying she loves her son mm-hmm. as the last scene in the film.
1: Oh, see, I'm so glad that she did not deserve to be the last thing in the film.
0: Oh, but she did. She's she's incredible, and she's uh, for she's the only other person nominated from the film for an award she's up for supporting role yeah because her
1: performance which also fantastic i
0: i kind of am shocked that supporting role because she's in it more than anybody else in the film
1: she's a supporting
0: it's still she's a supporting the role only actor who shows up in all three parts
1: no i understand yeah and she's amazing she does she's so good in this role like yeah but being a good actor doesn't necessarily don't you mean think that that would you have... deserve to be the end of the movie.
0: But don't you think that that ending would have given you more than no. the way that this ambiguous ending has?
1: No, it needed, like, she did, she as the mother did not deserve to end that film. I never forgave her at any moment. I understand that she loves him. I understand that she's getting clean.
0: I cannot forgive it. And that's the thing. He needs to hear that someone loves him.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Janelle Monet loved him.
0: Yeah, we never heard her say that, though. We just saw it by her making the sheets.
1: By being and doing... there for and him. Being...
0: That's what I mean. For hearing. his whole life, she was so there for didn't him. So why did she show up in the third act?
1: Because in the third act, like, she would have been... Wouldn't you have when he to come became... home to
0: see her instead of your mother in the institute? I'll tell you something.
1: After she found out that he became a drug dealer, as the proper mom that she was, being the surrogate you don't mom... do know this! I made a... Because
0: she... Don't make choices for the film.
1: I'm making choices for oh the film. Oh, my God. She stopped talking. He stopped talking to her. He was too embarrassed. He wouldn't go back to her because he then is telling her that he's becoming the thing that she hoped that he wouldn't become. And and his mom... She she was a horrible mother. And just because of she's course, clean... she was sick. Yeah, but just because she's clean now doesn't mean he has to forgive her.
0: And... I'm not saying that he needs and to he forgive has, her. And he has. He has forgiven her. But he her. has forgiven her, and she says, "I love but you." But she doesn't deserve to end the movie because film,
1: the the movie
0: powerful f- part in the film. I
1: the say. movie is not about his relationship with his mother. It's about his relationship with himself, and so it has to end on what he is struggling but with the himself root, about. One of the
0: roots of how horrible he feels about himself is because of the way the mother treats him.
1: Yeah, but. It, the story is ultimately about self-acceptance and his inability to accept who he is and the fact that he's
0: gay. And we never see him do that.
1: We never see him do that, but he doesn't have to do that for us to learn the lesson. Like when we watch Requiem for a Dream, one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: Well, another one I never need to go back to, but yes, that's infinitely better than this film, sure.
1: It, Requiem for a Dream, the characters don't learn any lessons. We, as the audience, learns the lesson. And that's what is happening in Moonlight. In Moonlight, is gonna go, he's not gonna come out. He's not coming out. And, and he's
0: gonna continue pushing drugs.
1: And him and Kevin are probably gonna share this one night and that'll be that.
0: And that will be that.
1: But that's not, that's the point. The point is we see how tortured he is. We see how important it is to accept people, to help them to accept themselves, and that's the whole point of the movie and that's why it's so great.
0: And that's why I think Moonlight is mediocre at best.
1: I, I, I will say though, the camera, like the technical choices of the film bothered me. Like so many times I'm watching these fantastic performances and I'm like, camera, camera, stop doing what you're doing. You're taking away from this awesome performance. I just want to see that person act.
0: I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Um So yeah, so only you know actually how it did at the Oscars and maybe it is the best picture at this point. I don't know.
1: But I guess at the end of the day, the question is, do you think it's a really amazing movie? Or do you agree with Jay that it's just kind of important but not necessarily the greatest thing of 2016? Do you agree with me that it is one of the best of 2016? Let us know.
0: Series Survival.
1: Once again, we are back with Series Survival. For those that have not listened to this before, we have taken a look at some new television trailers for shows coming out, and we are going to make predictions as to whether or not they're going to make it to Season 2. If you want to watch along with us, please check out our show notes. We have links to the videos down there.
0: That's right. So let's kick this off with our very first show. It's an NBC show called Great News. Looks like Andrea Martin shows up. It's kind of a comedy. Um, by Also
1: created by Tina Fey, I think it says.
0: Yeah, it's by the producers of 30 Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And it looks like some some career woman's mother... Popping up at their work and gets an internship at their job. And she works for a news network. Network.
1: And uh, the mom happens to be a favorite of the main anchor of the news network. So she gets to stay there and make her daughter's life a living hell. It looks pretty funny.
0: It looks, yeah, it looks okay. Ah. It looks all right. I probably, I probably am going to skip this one. There's nothing, I don't think it's for me.
1: I'm not going to lie, most half-hour comedies that come out on television, I will at least watch a few episodes.
0: Um, I'm also gonna say it's not coming back. I think it is coming back. Really?
1: I seem to be very positive.
0: This you're going very around. positive this season.
1: Yeah, and I'm not normally like this, but uh, I just have this feeling. I think it's gonna come back. I
0: think the best thing going for it will be like Horatio Sanz, who is, I don't know, like a friend at the network and also the main anchor. Mm-hmm. who is played by the guy from Best in Show and pitch perfect and a whole bunch of things and a whole bunch of things
1: for me uh the lead girl i really like her the one thing that i found strange is nicole Richie is in this show
0: yeah yeah she's um she's another news she's the co-anchor she's the co-anchor yeah i don't i don't know about that part
1: it's not she didn't have a huge part in the in the trailer I have nothing against her she just you know she did reality TV way back when with Paris Hilton I guess I just don't picture her as an actor why because she's not traditionally an actor
0: because she's a
1: she's just a celebrity she's not an actor I see like she's as a career I don't think she's really done a lot of acting right she's done a lot of reality TV shows where she plays herself
0: yeah, so that's I mean that's going to be a a stretch. Now, the person that we were just talking about, the the male anchor is John Michael Higgins. Ah, and I think your favorite is Briga Helan. Does that ring a bell?
1: I never knew her name.
0: She was in Cougar Town, Ground Floor, Love. Oh yes. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. There we go. Uh, undateable. I saw that. <laughs> Happy endings. <laughs> also saw that. Okay, so she's been in a lot of, you know, fun comedies. She's got a. She's a comedic actress,
1: and I think she does a really good job. So I think this will work. I think it's coming back for two, and my guess is I'm going to like it, but not love it.
0: Like, but not love. I will write that down.
1: <laughs> and you think it's not coming back at all.
0: That's right. I, I'm i going to leave it alone.
1: Okay. Our second uh, series that we looked at was American Gods from Stars Network uh, and... I just want to say, because I was in a play this past summer, I got to hang out with a few of these American gods afterwards. They came out to see my show. They were good friends with my director. And uh, we spent uh, a few nights (laughs) at the bar uh, just getting along and getting to know each other. And they are awesome people, so So watch the show. So
0: you wish the show well.
1: Oh, first of all, it's Neil Gaiman looking at that trailer I mean, my God, it's shot so beautifully. I think the show in and of itself, content is there. Shooting is there. Talented actors are there. There's, like, not a chance of this not working. But please, if you're on the fence, I have some friends on this show. You should watch it.
0: So, but you haven't actually given me a prediction.
1: Oh, it's so making it to season two. It's not even funny.
0: Okay, I'm saying yes to season two as well. It's on the Stars Network. I don't know if a lot of people watch Ash vs. Evil Dead. Like, I don't think it did great in the ratings, Mm -hmm. but it came back for season two, and I think more people are probably going to jump on board the American Gods series because of the book. The book was a huge phenomenon, and it had a broader reach than people who just like the Evil Dead movie.
1: I think that S.T.A.R.S. wants to make a name for themselves of a network, and this is the show that's going to help them. The way that The Walking Dead helped the AMC, as well as breaking bad That's and a mad good men. call on
0: American gods being the the big driver for the network. I, I think you know so. what? You're smart smart lass. <laughs> and our last one on this episode is dear white people. This one has people going through the roof saying let's boycott Netflix. This is a racist show. Do not watch it. Um what did you think?
1: I don't really think that they were trying to be racist or doing anything. I think so. The big controversy is over this radio announcer girl. She's saying, here are your acceptable Halloween costumes, white people. Here are your unacceptable ones. And her unacceptable ones was don't dress like me.
0: Right. And And, then they show a whole bunch of pictures of people in blackface.
1: Right. And I think that that's what they were talking about. And I think that's fair. Totally fair.
0: It's, you know, not
1: cool. Exactly, and I think that it's that's what they were talking about. That's what they meant. I don't think that they really meant it in any harmful or horrible way. You know. Well, I, here is.
0: Uh, can I? Can I just go on a tangent? Just yeah, for a second do here? it. I am so exhausted, and I mean this exhausted by the amount of people offended by anything on the internet these days. There was a photo of a woman who looked dressed like a you know a a blonde tight clothing big bust who bent down and picked up a book and then the book transformed her into like a plain jane and people lost their minds over this turns out uh, that's actually like a big thing of porn somewhere on the internet it's called uh, transitional porn or transform- transformative porn where somebody changes into something else based on something. Interesting. Uh, apparently there's tons of that out there and that's what this was and then people saw this and thought it was an agenda but there's no agenda there.
1: It was just porn.
0: It's just porn. Also people lost their I mind. I mean I uh,
1: guess there is an agenda with
0: porn. Well there you go. <laughs> maybe not
1: the one that people are going to get offended over
0: (laughs) internet users lost their mind over a dog's purpose and how oh this is probably an awful thing for this dog but this is a dog who had been going in this water all this time it turns out the studio was just releasing the footage to draw buzz about the movie in a in a way to market the film which is terrible marketing but you know it, it turned out to not be what it was. So I'm getting pretty tired of people losing their shit over things they haven't seen or come to fruition or even fucking read an article yet about what it actually is. Dear White People on Netflix is actually based on a film from 2014. Got incredible, incredible, incredible reviews. And the film itself is, is a spotlight on us as a people. It as it's barely racist at all. It's by a black director to his white boyfriend. Like it's a love letter to it, the film is. Like just calm down, find out more information, and then you can freak out if you still need to. But it's this insta reaction. That is really bogging down the internet with trolls. It sure as shit is bogging down my Facebook feed every day. Can we just calm down?
1: You know what? I don't really go on Facebook very much, as you know.
0: I do know this.
1: And uh, I like, I'm like i like insulated from this stuff. I don't. You tell me about the hate on the internet more than I I really see do. It. I'm the
0: one who <laughs> brings you, like, did you see what people hate today? It's crazy. Yeah,
1: maybe you just have to stop going on Facebook.
0: Oh, you know, I would. But there's so many children to th- No. <laughs> my family, Again.
1: Again. my
0: family <laughs> and all the kids. That's where they are, too. So I got to wade through the shit <laughs> to find a picture of my niece to be like, I like this picture.
1: Oh my goodness! I just want to say, call back to a few weeks ago when we watched "Do the Right Thing." People, do the right thing. Just love <laughs> each other. Just love each other. And so we got to make at that. You
0: know, thank you for going with me on that tangent. But we got to make a <laughs> prediction on dear white people, and my prediction is yes.
1: Oh, my prediction
0: is no. Oh, are you going to watch it? Oh, for sure. Me too.
1: I see, And that's
0: why I think it's coming back Because I think there's people Who get into the controversy Or they hear about it And they're going to watch it And they're going to realize Holy shit this is good First episode is by Moonlight director Barry Jenkins How can you refuse that? American Gods watch American Gods watch American Gods Yeah I'm watching American Gods And I'm watching Dear White People And I'm going to skip Great news
1: I'm going to see all of them
0: I bet you will And that's our show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week.
1: If you want to help us support the show, we would really appreciate it. All you have to do is hop onto iTunes or any other podcast service that you use and give us a quick rating and review. This really helps us grow the show, especially in the early stages. After all, we're only on episode 6.
0: The show's music comes to us from bensound.com, and you can check out the podcast show notes for more info about our music, our talented voice actors, and the sound effects that we use.
1: Jay and I love hearing from you, so don't be a stranger. Reach out to us on our website, morethanmovies.net.
0: Or on Facebook at more Than Podcast, Or email us, hello, at morethanmovies.net. And you can always catch us on Twitter. I'm at Jester i I'm at It's Savannah. Thanks again for spending some time with us. And don't worry, we'll be back again next Monday. All new episode.
1: And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more.